Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of the study that we're doing on essentially America's apostate, um, quote, Christian leadership in America. And we're focusing in right now on the Council for National Policy and picking up where we left off, Jesse Helms, uh, who was a 33rd degree Freemason and five-term Republican United States Senator from North Carolina, who served as chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee from 1995 to 2001, was also a key figure in the founding of the Council for National Policy. So we have a Senator and Freemason, one of the key figures who founded the CNP. With his top aide, Tom Ellis, Helms had put together a national political machine that was unprecedented for the ultra-right. Tom Ellis, who directed the agency, which funded racial science for the purpose of eliminating inferior races, was the president of the CNP after Tim LaHaye. Okay, so this guy is like Margaret Sanger, uh, the, the one that started, uh, that witch that started Planned Parenthood. And she was all about eliminating inferior races. In fact, her and Hitler corresponded back and forth and gave each other awards regarding their research on eugenics and, you know, the elimination of the Jews and, and, and the, um, who they would deem as mentally unfit and particularly the black races in Margaret Sanger's. Well, Tom Ellis, who was with Jesse Helms, um, who helped to found the CNP, was funded racial science for the purpose of eliminating inferior races. And he was the president after Tim LaHaye of the CNP. Tom Ellis was the former director of the Pioneer Fund, a foundation which finances efforts to prove that African Americans are genetically inferior to whites. Recipients of the Pioneer Grants have included William Shockley, Arthur Jensen, and Roger Pearson, who has written that inferior races should be, quote, exterminated. So, this, this, is, this is great. I mean, this is definitely the type of people I want representing me, you know, in, in re- religiously or, or from a Christian standpoint. All three of these, just mentioned, and others, were funded during Ellis' Ellis's directorship on the Pioneer Board. Yet, Ellis served as the CNP's 13-member executive committee, he served on the CNP's 13-member executive committee with Holly Coors, who was married to Joseph Coors, who was the president of Coors Brewing Company. I mean, we always want a beer company represented. I mean, when we're when we're strategizing Christian, uh, you know, religious things. I mean, come on, why not? I mean, I mean, they could bring a case of beer to the to the uh, to the boardroom, and you know, swill some back and 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 have a good old time while they're while they're formulating their strategies, okay? So anyway, um, Paul Weirich and the Heritage Foundation president, Edward Fuelner, um, okay, these are other people that were on this pioneer board. Uh, he was, Paul Weirich was the Heritage Foundation president, and you hear a lot, if, um, I, I can't even stand to listen to Sean Hannity, hardly at all, he's just, oh my word, he's such a New World Order shill. Uh, Oh, that guy, he's something else. Anyway, but it's all by design. Well, he's always mentioned in the Heritage Fund, you know, Hannity. And Paul Ryrich uh, uh, was the, uh, um, in there, and then Heritage Found President, Heritage Foundation President Edward Fuller 
was also represented in these ranks. Also represented were Oliver North and Reed Larson also joined this executive committee. Now, I'm going to play a clip here, a very brief clip from a uh, little video regarding this particular subject here. So let's... Okay, I'm sorry. The clip isn't quite yet. We're going to get to that soon. Um, this There's a link here, though. The link is um, for more information on the Council for National Policy. I give you the link. I, basically, what I did is I, I took a, a portion of information from one of the websites, highly, highly referenced website, regarding the, the Council for National Policy. And I, I took some of the, the high points. I don't have time to go over everything. And again, I covered that in the other teaching I did on Chuck Missler with the CNP. But hopefully you're getting the point that this is a very wicked, evil organization here. And um, the link is there on page 7. Now, going further, we're looking here at Dr. Tim LaHaye. Now, this is straight from the Council for National Policy's website. We're looking at a screenshot here. Okay, and it's Dr. Tim LaHaye, founder and president of the CNP, uh, Tim LaHaye Ministries, and it gives his biography here. Uh, just so you, so we can verify what we're talking about here. We're not just saying that, that you know, he was the founder and giving you no proof. So, Philippians 3.18 and 19 says, For many walk, of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, this was back in, you know, the Apostles' days. Many were, can you imagine how many are walking now? In the time of the, of the greatest deception, the time of the, the falling away, the time of the strong delusion? It's the norm now. It is absolutely the norm. They are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, meaning their own carnal fleshly desires, and whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things, carnal things, okay? They glory in their shame. These things that these people do, which would be shameful to the average Bible-believing Christian, the deception that they propagate, well, they glory in their deception. That's a, that is something that I see very strongly that a lot of the of the modern day churches do. They, they glory in their shame. They, they glory in things they should be ashamed of. You know, you see 1 Corinthians chapter 5 for more on that. So, um, going back to Chuck Missler, on Chuck Missler's Strategic Perspectives Conference number 2, 2007, volume 1, DVD, when Chuck Missler is introduced, Joseph Farah of World Net Daily fame uh, Chuck Missler identifies his own association with this Council for National Policy right at the five-minute mark. Okay, and we proved that in the other study I did as well. His his association with the Council for National Policy. Then on the same conference, uh, Volume Two D- DVD, when introducing Tim LaHaye, Chuck Missler states that Tim LaHaye is the founder of the CNP, but also calls the CNP a quote ministry right at the 2 two minute 39 second mark. So we're being very specific on what we're saying here. Okay, Chuck Missler has the audacity to call CNP a ministry. Okay, Who else is associated with the Council for National Policy? Well, a guy named Jerry Boykin, who is also part of Tim LaHaye's ministry, 
along with other many Knights of Malta, Roman Catholics. You got all of these heavy, heavy, high-level, Jesuit-like, Catholic, Pope-loving, Vatican-loving people that are in, I mean, the Knights of Malta is almost like a combination between the Freemasons, it's like the, it's like the, 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 the Catholic answer to the Freemasons, almost. And th- there's a lot of crossover, I really believe, between the two. And I really believe there's a lot of crossover between fr- the Freemasons and the Catholics as well. I, I saw yesterday, one of the pictures I was looking at was, was one of these guys that we're going to be looking at, and they were shaking the Pope's hand, and they were both giving each other a Freemasonic handshake, where they'll shake hands and they'll get the thumb right in the center of the hand. It's, it's a Freemasonic handshake. I used to have a guy do this to me at church all the time. And they do it to see if, you, if you're a fellow Lodge brother. And I mean, I always shake this guy's hand at this one church I went to a long time ago. And it was really weird because you could never like shake, like get into it, get into the web of his hand. He always had his thumb in the middle of your of your hand, and I'm like, it was always like really weird. And now I understand. <laughs> He's trying to, you know, see who's one of the fellow lodge members. Well, I saw the Pope doing this exact same handshake to this one guy. I mean, it, it's it's all this big slimy nest of snakes, and they're all in it together, and there's all this this overlap, and that's why I said, I don't just call it a Catholic conspiracy, or just a Knights of Malta, or just a Council on Foreign Relations conspiracy, or just Illuminati, or just a Kabbalah experience, uh, uh, conspiracy, or a Zionist conspiracy, or whatever, or Illuminati even. It's a satanic conspiracy. It starts at the top with Lucifer. And then it goes on down to the fallen angels, the demons, the devils, and then all the people and all the organizations they control. It's one big satanic group effort. Yes, there's other, there's parts of it where certain parts of that, let's say the Vatican, are more prominent, obviously, than others. But I'm not going to just pin it on one organization and say, get tunnel vision and say, oh, they're the, the whole source of all evil. No, Satan is the source of all evil. And he works through all of these organizations, and they're all they're all interconnected. So, a lot of times I, I read a lot of stuff where okay, this one level of the occult is against this one. Yeah, you know what? I think they're all working toward the same thing. Maybe there's maybe there's some um, internal power struggles, and that may be very real. Okay, that are going on there, but ultimately they're all gonna they're all gonna if you follow them or if, or if you let them lead you, they're all gonna take you to the same place. You know, the lake of fire is ultimately where it all ends up. So, this Jerry Boykin, okay, he's also for the National Council for National Policy. He's a Lieutenant General, William J. Jerry Boykin, USA. He's retired. Uh, he is the author of Never Surrender, A Soldier's Journey to the Crossroads of Faith and Freedom. I'm getting teary-eyed just reading it. Calvary Chapel um, has been and still does promote a high officer in the Vatican's Jesuitical, meaning Jesuit, Knights of Malta. His name is Jerry Boykin, former commander of the United States Army, uh, John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center, and also Special Forces Psychological Operations. Definitely a guy I want to be yoking up as a Christian. I mean, he did all these psychological operations. He was involved in special warfare. I mean, a fun, fun guy. Truly the life of every party. Um, and he's a Knights of Malta, too. Hey, what's not the like? 
Okay, so Wikipedia says that Lieutenant General Jerry J. Boykin, this is just a biography, okay, uh, was the United States Deputy Under Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. Now, this reminds me a lot of, of um, Chuck Missler. You look at his biography and all of the evil, wicked, high-level black operation companies and high-level military that he worked for. Very, very, very similar resume. And if you want to know more about that, just click on the teaching I, I talked about earlier. And we run down all the stuff he openly admits to, but yet nobody wants to talk about, or very few. I shouldn't say nobody. I hate to make blanking statements like that, but very few want to talk about Missler's bo- But the thing is, is he's the one who put the information out there. He's admitted to it. I did that teaching. Nobody's ever refuted the teaching. You know why? Because you can't refute it. It's from his stuff. It's from his sources. It's stuff he's openly admitted to. And then they say, yeah, but what about this and that? He's really, I'm like, okay, does all the supposed good, and this applies to any minister, if they've got all this wicked stuff on their resume, and all this wicked stuff and, and involved in all these wicked organizations, yoking up themselves with all these wicked people, it's as though people act as though, well, the good that they do outweighs the bad. That's not the way it works. And I ask people, okay, so does that, all the stuff you just told me, does that undo my teaching on Chuck Missler? Does all of the supposed things he supposedly did that's good, does that undo? It doesn't undo it. It's still there. He should be repenting. Of all the other stuff that, that that he's been associated with. No, he doesn't repent. He glories in his shame. He promotes it. He openly says, yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. He doesn't repent. Well, there you go. When you see no repentance, that's a real bad sign. They glory in their shame. They openly admit to this stuff. And yet people still follow him. I don't understand it. To me, it's a pretty black and white issue. So, going further, um, this Jerry uh, Boykin, he has played a role in almost every major, every recent major American military operation over the past four decades, serving in Grenada, Somalia, and Iraq. I mean, we're talking this guy real high up on the food chain. Not a guy I want to be yoking up with. But, again, he's uh, Knights of Malta. He's a Council for National Policy member. The Order of Malta is a religious order of the Vatican. Jerry Boykin holds the title of Grand Chancellor with the Vatican's Jesuitical, meaning the Jesuits, Knights of Malta. He's he's, he's not just your run-of-the-mill Knights of Malta. He's like the Grand Chancellor, or whatever. I guess that's like the Grand Poobah, like they had in the Flintstones. Anyway, so, here, see the photo below. And there's a photo here. And there's, again, we give you the screenshot of, of his photo on the Council for National Policy. And this isn't, this isn't stuff that, that anybody could find this stuff. Okay, if you did enough research. Uh, not really hard to find. Okay, here, here is a photo of him in his full uh, Knights of Malta regalia with his fellow Lodge member Catholic Jesuit brothers they're all standing around. I mean, it's, it's, it really, really reminds you of the Freemasons. They're wearing all these regalia and stuff. Now, here's a picture of him being sworn in 
uh, I guess when he became a Knights of Malta originally, American flag hanging in the background. There's, this isn't, this stuff isn't being hidden. Okay? It's right out in the open. It's also known that the Knights of Malta openly display the Vatican's ecumenical intentions as part of the Jesuit counter-reformation. And there's a link that you, if you want to explore more about that. It is obvious that the Knights of Malta are the Pope's pawns. Okay? And here is a, a picture of a guy named Prince Fra Andrew Berti. He is the 78th Grand Master of the Order of Malta. Here is a picture of him kissing the Pope's ring. Jerry Boykin is a brother of the same group and he speaks at many of the Calvary chapels, the, the Calvary Chapel churches. He's a speaker there. Okay, below, and here we see this picture, this disgusting picture of this guy kissing the Pope's ring. Below is an official blessing from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Oh, golly, he's that guy evil looking. I mean, he looks like a ogre slash troll slash demon infest. I mean, the guy's so full of devils, I don't see anybody. Uh, anyway, I don't know, people follow him. Below is an official blessing from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, bestowed on the sovereign and ecumenical order of the Saint John of Jerusalem, also known as the Knights of Malta. So when you see the order of the St. John of Jerusalem, it's also the Knights of Malta. It's just another way of saying it. Okay, And here's a picture of good old Pope Ratzinger here, Pope Benedict. And holy father, oh, I can't stand this stuff. The Bible says call no man father, but your father in heaven. It says holy father. There's nothing holy about the Pope, nor has there ever been. They're the most vile, disgusting people that, that on planet Earth just about, but... Holy Father Benedict XVI, Apostolic Blessing to the Sovereign and Ecumenical Order of the St. John of Jerusalem. It's this proclamation. There's a picture here for you. Now, there's a lot of pictures in this PDF. Below is the public vow of the Vatican's Knights of Malta. Uh, This means that Jerry Boykin and many others, as you will see, are ecumenical agents of Rome and have taken this very vow. Um... And not only is Jerry Boykin a high officer in the Vatican's Jesuit Knights of Malta, so is Rick Joyner. And there's a picture of good old Rick Joyner, uh, Knights of Malta, and Jerry Boykin's two over from him. Rick, Rick Joyner is, is second from uh, the uh, left here. And yeah, they're right on the same stage together. So again, Rick Joyner, Morningstar Ministries. I mean, I used to follow that devil for a time period when I was in the charismatic church, read the book, you know, that one book he put out. I mean, this is a guy that's totally demon-possessed, okay? Knights of Malta member, though. Has no problem calling himself a born-again Christian and, and, and swearing blood and swearing these terrible oaths that the Bible says, above all, swear not, okay? They have to go in and they have to swear all these devil oaths whether they're a Freemason, whether they're Knights of Malta, whether what they're whether they're Jesuit or whatever, they got no problem. And, and people following them have no problem with it either. That's the scary part. But yeah, here's go Rick Joyner. And um, if you're unfamiliar with Rick Joyner, watch one of his demonic events. For those that have never witnessed demonic activity, brace yourself. This the first time is the worst. Okay, now there's a link here. I'm not going to play it because it's. It sounds like tribal, like, uh, it's in his church. Okay, I believe it's in Charlotte here, North Carolina. 
it's in his church and they're just going, they're, they're acting like demon-possessed Africans. It reminds me of, of an African witchcraft, witch doctor ceremony. It's that bad. I'm not going to play it because it's, it's, it's um, incoherent. It's just, it's, it's crazy. You'd have to click on there to understand it. So, Rick Joyner is the president of the Oak Initiative, along with fellow Knights of Malta member, Grand Chancellor Jerry Boykin. Again, you can see the picture of them both on stage together. Remember, this as more, uh, remember this as more information is, pre- is presented. Now, we read a verse that warns about spiritual deception. Mark 13, 22. For false Christ and false prophets shall arise, shall rise, and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the very elect. Now that's what Rick Joyner and these types of really hyper charismatic ministries are really, really all about. Is the sign the line signs the, the signs and line wonders. Okay? Why? Because they're trying to seduce people. Jesus Christ said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Okay, so no, we shouldn't be going seeking after signs. What is the Catholic Church all about? Oh, the same exact garbage. The Marian apparitions, the mother of Medjugorje, all of these supposed Catholic garbage that happens. Oh, some painting with disgusting smelling oil coming out of it and people getting that uh, stigmatic garbage where they're, they're getting like the nail prints in the hands and they start to bleed. I mean, how blasphemous is that? You know, all of these disgusting Catholic miracles where people will just fall headlong into that cult just because of some lying, you know, sign and wonder. That's all it takes for a lot of people. One false miracle. One miracle from the devil. And they're in hook, line, and sinker. That's how the New Age operates. And see, the thing is, is the devil knows that. And that's why the Bible says that when the false prophet and the Antichrist arise, they will deceive the whole world through these signs and lying wonders and miracles. That's the chief means by which they're going to deceive the whole planet. So that's something that's really important for us to understand. You don't go by signs and wonders and and, and miracles. I'm not saying God can't do those. But it needs to be in a biblical framework. Okay, the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be getting the glory. Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ, they need to be the ones getting the glory. Not some man, not some ministry, not some, you know, supposed whatever. Not some cult, for sure. So, going further, of course, we know the Vatican practices the occult with the worship of Mary, praying to dead people, and much more. At least high at least three high officers of the Vatican Jesuit Knights of Malta are part of the Oak Initiative that Rick Joyner formed. Imagine that. See how all of the dots are connecting here? They are Prince Grandmaster Nicholas Papani Kulalu, Grand Chancellor Jerry Boykin, and Deputy Member of the Supreme Council Rick Joyner. So those three members are all part of the Oak Initiative which Rick Joyner founded. Uh... Here is the Oak Initiative website. There's, I'm not going to go into this, but it's very, very much yoked up with United Nations and the agenda that the United Nations has for humanity, which is death, destruction, one world government, one world political system, one world religious system, and one world currency, which totally lines up with what the Bible predicts. Okay, so here's a link, uh, Oak Initiative, 
Oak Initiative website also discusses the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And here Rick Joyner formed this. Here's another one. Here is a link to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights on the United Nations website. So again, they're propagating this supposed Christian movement, this Oak Initiative that Rick Joyner founded, is propagating United Nations satanic propaganda. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than the United Nations as far as a one-world uh, agenda. It's, it's, it, they're like at the spear tip of that. But Rick Joyner doesn't say anything wrong with it, evidently. So, the Prince Grandmaster, Nicholas Papankoli of the Unites of Malta, is also the co-founder and co-chairman of the World Public Forum Dialogue of Civilizations, a United Nations partnered organization. And here, good old Rick Joyner and Jerry Boykin are just yoked right up. Hey, they're Knights of Malta brothers. They're, 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 they're just basically, probably, most likely, most of these people are just Jesuits. Commissioned by the Roman Catholic Church to go infiltrate and to destroy any vestige of Bible-believing Christianity. That's what, that's Satan's main nemesis on planet Earth as far as in human form. The body of Christ. He wants to corrupt the body of Christ. He wants to get them deluded. He wants to get them off track. He wants to, you know, delude them in every way, shape, and form and get them yoked up with unbelievers and get them yoked up with all these unbiblical things so that they have no power, so that they're blinded, so that they're totally ineffectual for the Lord Jesus Christ, so that their lives on earth are just wasted. I mean, if you were Satan, wouldn't that be what you try to do? Let's go further. Here is a video of this Nicholas guy explaining what the World Public Forum Dialogue of Civilizations is. Right at the 226 mark, he states, what this is really is a feast of humanity. It's trying to get to discover, to, it's trying to get to discover, to admit the common ground that unites humanity. Now that's the big thing I'm seeing a lot lately. Yoking up, uniting of humanity. Even this thing with Obama and the birth control issue, okay, which supposedly the Catholics have come to the front and bowed up to Obama. Now, in that regard, I'm glad they have, okay. Doesn't mean I'm going to yoke up with the Catholics, though, and get in lockstep with them, and get arm-in-arm and buddy-buddy with Catholics, because their devil cult religious system is only taking people to hell, okay, Am I glad they're doing what they're doing, bowing up to Obama regarding this issue? Yeah, I, I think it's a good issue, but the, the fact remains, they're, they're a death cult. They're a pseudo-Christian death cult. And again, there's a lot of temptation to do that for people that like um, are real into the um, going to the actual abortion clinics. Because a lot of times, the Catholics are there, represented much greater than people that would call themselves born-again Bible-believing Christians. And a lot of people get yoked up with the Catholics through that. There's a lot of different ways. There's a whole sect of Catholics called Charismatic Catholics. I've experienced this personally in the Charismatic Church. And, and they share the whole Charismatic tongues thing with the Pentecostal Charismatic Church. And they're yoked up from that angle. So there's a myriad of different ways the Catholic Church is trying to get its little tentacles into every facet of 
I would say, I don't want to, I'd say mainstream corporate Christianity. I don't want to give it too much credit there. So, uh, the only common ground that unites fallen humanity is sin. The only hope that humanity has is the trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, whose name is the Word of God, and not the Pope. Here is a Roman Catholic website discussing Rome's desire for ecumenicism with all religions. And there's a website there. And we, we've went over that many, many times, okay? Uh, but there's a link there. Here is a, here is a picture of the Pope, this Pope Benedict, speaking at the United Nations. I can't get over how evil that guy looks. My word. Anyway, um, here's a picture of him speaking at the United Nations. Uh, now, interesting, and I've said this before, I'm looking at the logo of the United Nations, which is essentially a circular um, map of planet Earth. All the continents in like a circle, okay? And then there's a this wreath, kind of, around it. And in the Olympic Games, when they were first played, the wreath that was given in order to symbolize that the person had conquered that event. They had gotten first place. It was only given to the first place participant. They had conquered that event, whether it was like a long distance running or whatever. Okay, When you see the wreath around the globe, and that's the United Nations symbol, what that's telling you is that their goal is to conquer planet Earth. It's not so subtle, but that's what it means, just so you know. Okay, that's how flagrant they are, you know. Now, here is a the actual um, logo for the Order of Malta, Sovereign Military Hospitaller Order of St. John of Jerusalem, of Rhodes, and of Malta. And it gives the Maltesian eight-point cross, which is a very distinctive cross. You might want to click on the, the PDF just to see what the cross looks like. Um, generally, it's... In this particular case, it's a red shield and a white eight-point cross in the middle. And it says, Path to Peace Foundation. And it's got the Vatican logo, which is very, very similar to the uh, Trinity Broadcasting logo. And it says, Path to Peace Foundation. It's all about peace. And all the religions coming together as one on the path to peace. And all it is is the path to the lake of fire. That's all it is. It's just a satanic counterfeit to peace. There's no peace regarding this. So to help you understand the, the uh, significance here, okay, so to, um, I got off track there, to help you understand the significance of the Boykin-Calvary Chapel connection, Calvary Chapel, Chuck Smith, please look at the following logo taken from the Knights of Malta website. And again, I, I just went over that. So stop and think. Boykin, the Pope, and Calvary Chapel are all connected. This is incredible. Ecumenicism is the tool of Satan to turn all to him, meaning to Satan, and away from Jesus, whose name is the Word of God. Revelation 19.13 said, And he, meaning Jesus Christ, was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Ecumenicism will happen according to the last day's prophecy and is anathema to the word of God and hates the truth and hates all anything having to do with, with Jesus Christ and all of the word of God. Ecumenicism tr subtracts and adds to the word of God and constructs a God-made uh, God in man's own image. 
Okay, so that's its agenda. Matthew 10.34 says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. This is Jesus Christ talking. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And then it goes on to talk about those uh, of your foes will be of your own household. Mother against daughter, father against son. Now that's not always the way it plays out, and that's not the way we like it to work out. But many times it is the way it works out. You know, uh, Ephesians six seventeen talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Revelation six nine talks about the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. Okay. Now, Revelation 24, the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. It's very important. The word of God is obviously very, very important. It's the central tenet that we're talking about here. Isaiah 66, 2. But to this man will I look, even to him that is of, that is poor and of a contrite spirit. That doesn't mean poor like financially. Uh, poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Contrite. Poor and contrite means humble. In this particular thing. Humble yourself before God. You know. Um, humility cometh before honor. Okay. Uh, and trembleth at my word. That implies fear of God. Okay. So Matthew seven twenty one through 23 says. Not everyone that saith unto me. Lord, Lord. Shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father. Which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day. Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name. Now you think of these. You know, the most flagrant, obvious examples are like these televangelists that are just hirelings. They're in it for the money. They've got a false spirit in them that's prophesying. They're prophesying under the people's smooth things, like the Bible talks about. Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils? And in thy name, and you think about people like Benny Hinn and these types of people who are supposedly doing these things. Uh, I don't believe that's the case, though, in, in their case at all. I think they're imparting devils, not casting them out. Uh, in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I, meaning Jesus, will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. They were working iniquity. They thought that they were doing all these mighty, wonderful works for God. And, and, I mean, I guess some of them, I don't know how many, I don't know what the percentage of them, of these false ministers, maybe they really have bought into their own garbage. Maybe they really do think that they're they're doing all this, even though they've totally so strayed from the word of God. And, and the word of God has no real significance other than the little bits and pieces they want to pick out. They're probably reading a false version anyway. But they're so self-deluded that they think they're doing all this and then they, they can actually stand before God one day and claim all these things. But he says... I never knew you. They were never saved, I believe. I mean, it's not, it's, he doesn't say, well, I knew you, you got saved, and then you got unsaved. He says, I never knew you. These people were never saved. They were deluded from the get-go. They might have been generational Luciferians. They might, you know, who knows, but, and then he says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. See, they're, what they termed as good works, what they thought that they were doing, prophesying in his name, casting out devils, doing many wonderful works. Jesus Christ viewed that as iniquity. See, the Bible says that we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Isaiah 64. So, 
Our best day, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, done under our own power, is like a filthy rag in God's sight. We have to do it through the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And to give God the glory. Not to, not to give it to ourselves, because God says, I will share my glory with no man. You always want to make sure you point back to Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So, in all our ways we acknowledge God, and then he'll direct our paths. But if we start taking the credit for everything, well, he's not going to direct your paths. You're going to get off in delusion. You're going to get off in pride. And pride goeth before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. Pride blinds you. Pride is one of the worst sins in the Bible because a proud person doesn't see themselves as proud. They think, well, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm a pretty good Christian. I'm comparing myself to the outside world. I'm pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's pride. It's blinded you. You have a false perception of yourself. What's the, humi- what's the um, remedy for pride? Humility. What, or what's the opposite of pride? Humility. What's the best thing that you can pray for that will give you humility? Fear of God. Okay, Fear of God breeds a byproduct of fear of God is humility. That's why the Bible says, To this man will I look, that if him that is of a poor and a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Well, that implies fear of God, which will impart humility. Which... Particularly when you get a lot of knowledge, again, knowledge puffeth up. Okay? It can do that. It doesn't necessarily have to do that. Okay? Because if there's enough fear of God there, if if there's enough true biblical humility, it won't do that. But it can do that. And it normally will do that. And particularly if you start thinking that, you know, look at my good works, and this is what most religions are based off. They're works-based religions. I don't care if you're a Mormon, Jehovah Witness, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. Every one of those religions, and there's really only two religions in the world. There's all the isms, the ones that I just mentioned. Every one of those religions, even Satanism, you get to wherever you're trying to get to, Islam included, through works. Through works. I mean, in Islam's case, it's, you know, killing the infidels. And then you can go be with your 72 virgins and white-skinned boys. I, you know, that's part of it too. White-skinned little boys. Ugh. Yowza. Uh, yeah. 72 perpetual versions is what they believe they're going to get. The jihadists that kill in the name of Allah. It's part of their doctrine. I didn't make it up. It's their, it's their cursed book. But you have all these isms, and every one of those isms you get to wherever you're trying to get to through works. Okay, and then there's one other religion out there, true Bible-believing Christianity. Okay, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's a religion that I don't want to call it a religion, but the the concept is it's not of works. Why? Because if it was of works, you could boast about it. And that's pride. And God will not have that. Okay. And again, if you don't understand the concept of salvation, go to contendingfortruth.com, click on the salvation tab near the top, and then, because it's, it's, it's a subject that I just can't cover right here, obviously, right now. But uh, it is the most important subject I will ever cover, and it was, it's the most important subject that you will ever 
we actually went to a church this morning to hear one of my daughter's friends sing. Um, and I haven't been to a, a church in a long time. And it was interesting. And when they had the thing where everybody was shaking hands, I shook this lady's hand. And it turned out to be the girl who um, we went to see. It turned out to be her, her grandmother. And the guy preached on the unpardonable sin. He did a really good job. It was, it was actually a really good teaching. Okay, I'm not advocating 501c3 churches. I'm not saying I'm a member now or anything like that. Um, but when he was done with that, he gave a, a very clear salvation message, and she went forward. And this this lady had been in church, I mean, a long... I mean, the, the her son, which was standing right in front of me, it's the first time I've ever even hardly met him, he was like, he couldn't believe it. I mean, it was his mom who had brought him up in church. She got saved today. And I really do think she got saved. I mean, I was so happy for her. It was awesome. Praise the Lord. I mean, I just shaken her hand, and then she got... She she got saved, so praise the Lord. I mean, that was that was an awesome thing. It was like a, a, a gift from God, you know, to see that. And um, v- very sweet people, very nice people. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. Um, so going further, ecumenism, ecumenism sets up the religion of the Antichrist. Okay, and here is a picture from left. To write, Greg Laurie, Tim LaHaye, Jerry Boykin, Joel Rosenberg, and Skip Heitzig. Okay, uh, many of the the modern day uh, bigwigs in the modern day televangelism and uh, pseudo-Christianity movement, all together on the stage at the same place. So what is a high officer in Vatican's Knights of Malta doing, speaking, at a Calvary Chapel-sponsored prophecy event. Huh. Because this is what we're, we're looking at here, this picture here. I mean, what's what's this nice Amalta guy doing there? Why is Greg Laurie endorsing a one-world religion and pro-Vatican Rick Warren? Why is Skip Heitzig inviting the emergent, uh, emergent church Leonard Sweet to speak at his conferences? Who is watching out for the flocks at Calvary Chapel or any of the other churches? And again, they're all in this together. It's like a den of snakes. And they're all one big slimy ball of snakeness. Slithering around, high-fiving each other. Of course, snakes don't have arms, so it's hard for them to high-five. But hey, they find a way. Um, There's a, a little video here where you can check out the roots of this. And it's called Riptide. And I'm not even going to play this, but it's, it's a little video that explains the actual roots of um, how all of this stuff got started. How the Jesus movement came and how Chuck Smith was there at the very beginning. And supposedly all these people came to Jesus through Chuck Smith. Calvary Chapel, and then how that has evolved into the Rick Warrens and the Tim LaHaye's and the Greg Laurie's and the Skip Heisig's of today. And they're all being interviewed in this. But it kind of gives you a um, an idea of how everything is, has evolved today 
and and uh, that's kind of an interesting look at this. I, I, I don't actually, it, it's actually promoting this, but it gives you kind of a picture of, of how it all got started. So, Skip Heitzig is the host of this little seven-minute Riptide uh, trailer. And now let's go further here. Now, who is Catherine Kuhlman and why is she so important to the roots of the Calvary Chapel movement as revealed in Riptide? Because Riptide talks about her in that particular uh, um, thing there. So, Catherine Kuhlman. Now, I've done a whole study on her. And it's entitled, Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Simple McPherson, and the Source of Benny Hinn's Anointing. Now, I'm going to read you the table of, well, not really the table of contents, but the description of this teaching. And I give you the link here. And again, I did this back in 2007. In this teaching, and I, the, the link is on page 13 of the PDF for February 19, 2012, at truth.com. In this teaching, we will, be, we will be keen on Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Simple McPherson, and Benny Hinn. Since their deaths, Benny Hinn has visited Catherine Kuhlman and Amy Simple McPherson's graves to, quote, appropriate the anointing that he claims still lingers on their bodies from the grave. I'm not making this up. He's openly admitted this stuff. And there's a link here you can click on. Catherine Kuhlman was a founding member of the New Age movement that synchronized Christianity and occult spiritualism together with pop psychology and a lavish serving of capitalism. Thanks to Kuhlman's pop culture status websites, uh, thanks to Kuhlman, pop culture status websites now sell the claim of being personally transformed and healed by practicing things like Christian yoga. Well, I've done a whole teaching on yoga as well, just key in yoga. Uh, on the search box at contendingfortruth.com. It is thanks to Kuhlman that the practice of being, quote, slain in the spirit is said to have made been made more popular in evangelical circles. This isn't a biblical thing, the slain in the spirit. Okay. Unfortunately, this slain was the work of unholy spirits. Time magazine once called her a veritable one-woman shrine of lords. Okay, the shrine of lords like the Catholic? Yeah, same one. Okay, uh... Such was the fervor of Catherine Kuhlman Garner. You talk about somebody that was creepy. Ooh, I mean, you see her. (laughs) These old clips. We're talking mega creepy. Uh, Anyway, Wayne E. Warner, in his book, The Woman Behind the Miracles, goes so far to claim that Catholics would prefer to save money and attend a Catherine Kuhlman crusade than travel to a Marian shrine. Well, I mean, in other words, the Catholics had no problem going to her revivals and supposedly she's a, a, a born-again Christian. Why, If that's the case, why wouldn't she be offending Catholics? Because the born-again Christianity is diametrically opposed to a Catholic-based, works-based religion. Well, they weren't at odds. They were in unity. Kuhlman's biographer and friend admitted that she loved her expensive clothes, precious jewels, luxury hotels, and first-class travel. In response to reports that she had okay sorry uh, in response to reports that she had a private audience on uh, uh, October 11th 1972 with Pope Paul the 6th one Christian uh, comments uh, hold on here I just want to make sure I'm getting all this quote here one Christian comments Catherine Kuhlman was a witch that was accepted by many. Do you suppose that the Pope blessed her for serving Jesus? 
Or could it be that the Antichrist was blessing one of his own servants? After the meeting, she said, when I met the Pope, Paul, there was a oneness. That's what she described about her meeting. Now, there's an actual picture of her meeting, and she's got like this, she looks like a witch in the thing. She's got a black, it looks like Little Red Riding Hood, just with the, it looks like an occultist in a black witchcraft ceremony, and she's shaking this Pope's hand. Right here, I mean, it's right here. Okay, so we see this, she's saying when she met the Pope there was a oneness. Why? Because they were not unequally yoked. They were equally yoked. She was an emissary of Rome, essentially. She probably was working for Rome. And we see this theme over and over and over again. It's just now it's getting more flagrant. But the start of this, go you can you know trace back very, very far. Um, the pictures are all here in the PDF. Now, the next picture we see uh, Benny Hinn in Toronto of 1992. Uh, he's got his jacket, and he would swing his jacket, and supposedly, you know, uh, the anointing would go on these people, and they would get slain in the spirit. And um, Benihin was, he was anointed with powers at the grave of Catherine Kuhlman in 1991. And this is him in 1992. So, it's like he was vampirizing, like a necromancy type of deal, off uh, whatever... Demons still lingered on the bodies of Amy Sumble McPherson and Catherine Kuhlman, who were considered, you know, two of the uh, generals of the charismatic movement um, since its inception at Azusa Street. Okay, which, you know, I could do a whole study on all the problems with the start of the Pentecostal slash charismatic movement. And I understand people say you have to separate the two. Well, there's a lot of overlap, too. So, you know, um, these questions need to be answered. 2 Corinthians 11, 14, and 15 said, I know marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. According to the word of God, Bible-believing Christians should pray for those who have been caught in Satan's trap. Some are caught and don't know it, while some are caught and know it and love it. The answer is for those who are deceived to repent and come to Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. Now, the next picture we're looking at is this Jerry Boykin and Tim LaHaye on the same stage, which we've seen before. But now we're looking at a picture of good old Rick Santorum, Catholic. I hope you know that Rick Santorum is a Catholic. Uh, he is also a Knights of Malta, Rick Santorum, the person that may actually end up being going against Obama uh, for the president. So he's Knights of Malta. And then Jerry Boykin and Rick Santorum on the same stage. This looks like, uh, this was a very recent picture. Because this is Rick Santorum running for president here. Okay, And here's Jerry Boykin right on the same stage as him. It's just a bunch of den of vipers. And they're all interconnected. Uh, this is from a Knights of Malta website where it lists Karen Garver Santorum, I guess his wife, and Rick Santorum or Richard J. Santorum as members of the Knights of Malta. It's right off the Knights of Malta website. It's not like some thing we're making up here. It's right here. You can even see the website address in here. You can even key it in yourself. Uh, all of these have links with them. And then also, guess what? Rick Santorum is also on the Council for National Policy. 
So again, he's Knights of Malta, Council for National Policy, and an and, and a open Catholic. Okay? Um, the Council for National Policy and the Council on Foreign Relations were started by the Knights of Malta in 1921. Before we read the document below, a little background on some of the terms in the document. And um, actually, we're going to be looking at the actual, um, when the Knights of Malta were actually formed here. Now this is from, this is the actual constitution of the Grand Priory of America, dated May 17, 1912. The source of this is the British Priory Archives supplied by the Sovereign Order of the St. John of Jerusalem, Knights Hospital, or also the Knights of Malta. The Constitution, which was drafted May 17, 1912, the Knights of Malta is also known as the American Grand Priory of the Sovereign Order of St. John's of Jerusalem, Knights of Malta. So it goes by different names, okay? Because I'm going to read an excerpt from something, and unless you're familiar with some of these terms, you'll... I didn't understand it at the start, okay? And then I realized they were all talking about the same stuff. So, uh, this constitution says, while the associates of this order may be known under the title, under the short title of Knights of Malta, the legal name of the order shall be known as the Sovereign Order of the St. John of Jerusalem. Okay? The complete, definitive, and explanatory title of the assembly shall be known as the American Grand Priory of the Sovereign Order of St. John of Jerusalem. So they've got all these big names, just like the Freemasons do. And what a lot of times I think that does is it just throws people off the scent. They'll see something and they'll say, well, that doesn't say Knights of Malta. And they'll just go on and they don't explore it further. So, uh, the Sovereign Military Hospitaller Order of the St. John of Jerusalem of Rhodes and of Malta, also known as the Sovereign Military of the Order of Malta, or the SMOM, so it's an abbreviated form of this. Uh, order of Malta, or Knights of Malta, is a Roman Catholic lay religious order, traditionally of military, chivalrous, noble nature. It is the world's oldest surviving order of chivalry. Now this is just a description of it, I believe, from Wikipedia. The Sovereign Military Order of Malta is headquartered in Rome. Okay, right in the Devil's Den. Rome, Italy. Uh, where the, you know, I don't know if it's how if it's like part of the Vatican or what, but it's widely considered a sovereign subject of international law. It's also known as the Sovereign Order of St. John of Jerusalem, or the SOSJ. Okay, now, the reason I gave you that is because the terms in this next portion of description, I didn't understand what those terms meant, and I had to kind of research it a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to read this from you. This is entitled, The American Grand Priory, which is the Knights of Malta, joins the fight against the Communist International. The American Grand Priory was peopled with the scions of Wall Street and the Eastern Establishment. Okay, so it was an amalgamation, evidently, of Wall Street and the Eastern Establishment. These men and women, many of them active or reserve officers in the military, worked... Now, you have to understand, this is an article, uh, an older article, written extolling the virtues, essentially, and explaining what the Knights of Malta, how it came about, what it was at its inception. Okay, The men and women, many of them active or reserve officers in the military, worked with the fledgling 
Western military intelligence communities and made the Grand Priory, meaning the Knights of Malta, the first civilian foreign intelligence organization in the United States. Their intimate associates included the brothers John Foster and Alan Welsh Dulles, who were nephews of the U.S. Secretary of State Robert Lansing. Both were Wall Street lawyers who worked directly for William Nelson Cromwell. Um, John Foster Dulles eventually became President Eisenhower's Secretary of State. And Alan Welsh Dulles was instrumental in founding the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency. You see how cloak and dagger and all of the evil affiliations this already has associated with it? The, the, this American Grand Priory or the Knights of Malta? I mean... So far, all I'm seeing is red flags. That's all I'm seeing. Okay, let's go further. Uh, One of Chicago Crane's sons became Assistant Secretary of State under Lansing. Another close associate was Wall Street lawyer Wild Bill William J. Donovan, who founded the Office of Strategic Services and eventually became a knight in the Knights of Malta. Now, in in that vernacular, they use S-M-O-M. As an abbreviation. What does that stand for? Sovereign Military Order of Malta. Okay, so then, as a result of the success of the SOSJ, which stands for Sovereign Order of St. John of Jerusalem, again, Knights of Malta, okay, so you have to, this is almost like written in code, unless, unless you define all the terms, okay? It's all talking about the Knights of Malta, okay? So, As a result of the success, essentially, of the Knights of Malta International Ventures, President Woodrow Wilson and his friend, Colonel Edward M. House, had created the, quote, inquiry at the American Grand Priory Headquarters, Knights of Malta Headquarters, on Upper Broadway in New York City, 1917. This early think tank became the Internationalist Advisory Council on the Foreign Relations this is where the count, uh, the inter- I'm sorry, the Internationalist Advisory Council on Foreign Relations in 1921. So, the Council on Foreign Relations was essentially started through the Knights of Malta, and we've already linked up how the Council on Foreign Relations and the Council for National Policy are intricately linked together, and they've got members on both sides, even though they're supposedly supposed to be the. The, the Council for National Policy is supposed to be the, the conservative alternative to that. It's all lies and garbage. They're all the same people. Essentially. It's like, you know, Satan has the card game and he's got everything rigged. And it's been that way from its inception. But unless you do some studying, you won't realize these things. So, um, I'm going to read that last sentence again. This early think tank became the Internationalist Advisory Council on Foreign Relations. Those are all capitalized letters. It's the Council on Foreign Relations in 1921, which ironically is widely thought to be one of the controlling institutions of the One World Conspiracy. Ironically. No, it's not ironic. It's true. (laughs) The American Knights of Malta continued to be active in humanitarian affairs to provide relief for the refugees, the poor, and the disabled, which the war had created. Oh, which they So they create the wars. Okay, the, the globalists, the internationalists, the Illuminati, whoever you want to call them. And then they give you the remedy. You know, and part of that remedy is these wonderful Knights of Malta, the chivalrous order, that do, go around the planet and do good. 
Catholic do-gooders, Jesuits most likely. Um, the American Irish White Cross relief effort was operated by future founders of the American Knights of Malta Order. So, anyway, it goes on there, but I thought that was rather interesting. Um, that portion there. I wasn't going to read it at first because I didn't understand some of the terms they were throwing around. SOSJ, SMOM, but you have to understand that's in the American Grand Priory. It's all the Knights of Malta. They're just saying it different ways. So, but once I researched each one of the terms, it was like, oh, I see. <laughs> okay, because I was I was even going to delete that, and I said, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna explore this a little further, and I give you all the terms up there before you read the article that I've already went over that define the terms before you read it. It's almost like a key for you. So now let's go further. Uh, now that was actually the history after the, it's, it's from a. Uh, Knights of Malta website, that was straight from a Knights of Malta website, what I just read you. Uh, another, I'm looking at another screenshot for Council for National Policy. And guess who's here? The Honorable Newt Gingrich. He's also on the Council for National Policy, as well as fellow Rick Warren, or Rick Santorin. <laughs> Rick Warren uh, is actually a Council on Foreign Relations member. He's actually really went over... Uh, crossed over to the dark side. He's just flagrant. He's Council on Foreign Relations. Rick Warren. Did you know that? Unbelievable. Anyway, not to say any, anyone's any less evil than the other. You know, he's just a little more flagrant. So, yeah, it's right. Write a screenshot right from the Council for National Policy and, you know, not making the stuff up. He's also one of them as well. So, Tim LaHaye, this is an article, uh, and it's it says, Tim LaHaye receives word from Jerry Falwell in 2007 that plays out in 2012. And basically what this is, is it's a, an article, um, Christian Post, and it says, Tim LaHaye endorses Gingrich. And this is from January 13th of this year, 2012. Uh, Tim LaHaye endorses Gingrich, and then it says, NOM head supports Centorum. Tim LaHaye today announced his support for former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. I mean, what a devil Newt Gingrich is. I could do, I don't know how long of a study on Gingrich alone. But, I mean, the fact that somebody that would call themselves a Bible-believing, born-again Christian would say that he has announced his support for this devil, Newt Gingrich, is just unbelievable. And he did this in a letter to South Carolina pastors. The nod from the powerful Christian leaders expected to give Gingrich a much-needed boost over the next several weeks in the evangelical heavy Bible Belt. The best-selling author is known for co-writing the Left Behind series, which sold over 63 million copies. His wife, Beverly, is no stranger to conservative political movement either, as she is the founder of Concerned Women for America. LaHaye sent a letter to pastors in South Carolina singing Gingrich's praises and saying the former speaker was the best strategic position to improve America. If that don't tell you he's not working for Satan, I don't know what does. I mean, we've already went over enough to hopefully convince you that. He also referenced a conversation he had with the late Christian right leader, Jerry Falwell, who in 2007 told LaHaye, Jerry Falwell now, Liberty University, okay, told LaHaye that Gingrich was the most qualified man in America to run as President of the United States. One serpent 
speaking to another, frankly, and telling them, you know, hey, he's the, he's the man for the job. This godless, evil Newt Gingrich. I mean, you know, as soon as one wife has some problem, I think the one cancer or whatever, I just dump her. And then another one turns up with, oh, let's dump her to get your newest trophy wife. I mean, this man is evil. I mean, and that's just what we know about, just some of the things he's done, you know. Then it goes on to say, during the last three years, our nation has been led by liberal secularists who have tried their best to remove God from a public square. LaHaye says in the letter, please prayerfully consider going to the polls on January 21st to help Newt Gingrich, a proven conservative. Are you kidding me? Yet, I don't really see any outcry from Christian circles about this unbelievably blasphemous endorsement of this devil. No. No, life goes on as usual. Oh, I mean, this is just unbelievable. So, let's go further here. Oh, I'm going to have to stop. Uh, Okay, actually, I'm going to go a little bit further here, and then we're going to break for part three. Uh, let's go further. Picture of the day. Here's a picture from the Atlantic. It's picture of the day. Newt Gingrich's dream team. Now this is just from five days ago. February 14, 2012. (laughs) The fading GOP contender strikes a dramatic pose, flanked by supporters, but he's just stealing his own, but he's just stealing his own graphics. Okay, now, this is a picture I'm looking at in disbelief. It's got Newt Gingrich at the, at, like, it's like, uh, Newt Gingrich is standing in the foreground, and then behind him, flanking backwards, incrementally, are different people. The first one is Tim LaHaye, right behind his right shoulder. Tim LaHaye, the, the same guy that, that took money from, you know, Sung Young Moon, said that his suffering is going to cleanse, cleanse the sins of America. The same guy that started Council for National Policy. I mean, devil, okay. Tim LaHaye is behind his right shoulder. And then behind that is Tim is Tim LaHaye's wife, Beverly LaHaye. And then behind them is Matt Staver of the, uh, it's not Biblical Law Center, or maybe it is, I don't know. I was really surprised. I didn't realize he was part of all this either. Matt Staver. Uh, and then behind him, George Barna. And then on the other side, Behind him, first guy named Don Wildman, who is also a CNP member, and then another guy named Jim Garlow, and then another guy named J.C. Watts, and then good old Chuck Norris, Mr. Martial Arts. I, I love his new commercial that, that I saw on the internet where it says he's endorsing now World of Warcraft, the, the witchcraft game, and it says, in this world, the only reason anyone exists is because Chuck Norris lets them exist. And then Chuck Norris is up there doing his whole kung chop suey, kung fui, whatever stuff, you know, martial arts, which I've done a whole teaching on martial arts, how you really want to stay away from that stuff. And um, you can key that in the search box at continuefortruth.com. Anyway, just a bunch of reprobates endorsing Newt Gingrich. I mean, it just never ends. It's just unbelievable. And then we have a... uh, uh, a, uh, uh, picture here of um, Matt Staver and uh, David Barton, South Carolina, where me, an evening with Matt 
Staver and David Barton, a Liberty Council event. And then um, a guy named David Barton and Jim Garlow, they're together. Here's a video clip of someone who tried to find out who was in the National Council for Policy, the, the secrecy of it all. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, I think I've got enough time to play this in this particular part. So I'm going to pause this for a second and then come back and play this clip. Okay, so this is a clip, and it's a uh, Council for National Policy okay, meeting. Now, you would think if this was really a true biblical-based organization, there would be a lot of transparency. You know, it would be real easy to kind of find out what's going on. Oh, no, no, it's the exact opposite. It's like a Bilderberg meeting. It's like a CFR meeting. It's like a trilateral commission meeting. It's like some high-level United Nations meeting. Why? Well, because they're all on the same team. That's why. And they don't, and Satan don't want people knowing his agenda. So there's all this security and all this cloak and dagger garbage going on at these meetings. So this is a guy. He's at the Council for National Policy meeting, 2006, Ritz Carlton Motel, uh, McLean, Virginia. They stay at really cheap hotels. You can see Ritz Carlton, only the best will do. And so I'm just going to play this clip here. And this is the guy. He's walking into this meeting and he's trying to get some answers here. So I'm going to let you hear. So this guy, all he's trying to do is get a roster of who's going to be at this meeting. And she's like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I mean, what transparency? You know, I mean, they, they don't have anything to hide. Okay, so she's asked him to turn off his camera, and he's just trying to explain her real nicely. And he's got some facts on Council for National Policy. Membership, at this point, 600-plus. Membership profile, government, business, media, religious elite. Policy focus, corporatism, militarism, and traditional values. Annual budget unknown. Okay, so he's going to, as, as the video is rolling, he has the following names reflect current and past membership of CNP. Because CNP membership is not publicly disclosed, a complete list could not be compiled. Okay, so I'm going to read you some of the first names. So, no, this guy's giving him the same cold shoulders. The last lady, no, there's no list. But the, the membership is rolling here. Jack Abramoff, Howard Abramson, Dick Army, John Ashcroft, Ted Bauer, David Barton, Gary Bauer, Keith Blackwell, John Bolton, who's former UN ambassador, Pat Boone, one of my favorites, um, Bill Bright, Ward, uh, Ward Connerly, Holland Coors, Jeffrey Coors, Joseph Coors, Tom DeLay, Richard DeVos, James Dobson, Perry DuPont, Stuart Epperson, Jerry Falwell, Michael Ferris, Steve Forbes, Lieutenant General Daniel O'Graham, Ted Haggard, <laughs> the, the 
Mr. Gay Guy, oh, golly, Jesse Helms, Nelson Bunker Hunt, we talked about him earlier, Bob Jones III, Jack Kemp, D. James Kennedy, Alan Keyes, Brigadier General Albert W. Knight, John Krill, Richard Land, Beverly LaHaye, Tim LaHaye, Wayne LaPerry, Trent Lott, Rod D. Martin, Ed McCater, Ed, Ed Meentz, Tom Minery, Don Nichols, Grover Norquist, Gary North, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, Marvin Olasky, Tony Perkins, Howard Phillips, Eric Prince, who was the founder of Blackwater. Well, that's, that's somebody I definitely want to be associated with. Pat Robertson, R.J. Rush Dooney, I believe of Church of God or whatever. Um, Richard Mellon Scaife, Rick Scarborough, Phyllis Schlafly, Alan Sears, Jay Seculo, Lou Sheldon, Major General John Siglob, Mike Spence, Kenneth Starr, Matt Staver, Lieutenant General Gordon Sumner, John Sununu, Edward Teller, John Templeton, Tommy Thompson, Herb Titus, Richard Vigiri, Paul Weirich, Jack Wheeler, John Whitfield, and Donald Wildman. So, it's a who's who of supposed conservative Christianity. I mean, absolute, total who's who. And when I saw this, it really struck home to me how incredibly corrupt and infiltrated all of corporate Christianity has become. I don't think there's any corner that hasn't been infiltrated at this point. All of these organizations, even many of these, I've been on their email lists for for a long time, and, and, and and they represent good issues, but it's like, but you're working for Satan. Ultimately, these people will amalgamate themselves with the coming one world religion when the time comes. And that first initial step is going to be toward Rome and then the coming one world religion. And then when you throw all the, the signs and line wonders and miracles and all of the, the um, order out of chaos, the shock and awe that's coming when we have, you know, possibly global pandemic, financial collapse, who knows, okay, all the things you throw in there, they're going to be pointing us toward Rome and the one world religion. All these organizations will get in line and will start pointing toward that. And we're seeing it now with a lot of the ministries I've been reporting on, particularly in the last six months. But we've only scratched the surface. We've only seen the very beginning of it. And that's why this ministry exists to help educate you so when that time comes, when I may not even be on the air, or any of the other watchmen out there, that you're going to already have this set in your mind. Ah, I remember. You know, this was predicted. And you're not going to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. You're not going to be taken unawares. You're not going to have be duped over this stuff. And you're going to be able to help other people, hopefully, uh, not get caught up in this garbage either. So they're so now they're getting violent with the guy. They're escorting him out, uh, and and that's how pretty much the the video ends. So they they uh, you know that's that's what their agenda is all about. I mean they they, they don't mess around these people. Um, there's no transparency there whatsoever. So just a bunch of, of viperous snakes just kind of meeting in their little den where they can get all slithery together 
and, uh, you know, go and formulate policy and, and serve Satan, essentially. It's, it's all about serving Satan and uh, the best way that they can do that, and, and uh, that's what they're doing. So um, let's go ahead and... Um, Okay, so we're going to go ahead and break for uh, part three here, and we'll go from there. God bless you.